This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, the preferred podcast of regular pastors and regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I am the regular pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. This is season four of the Regular Pastor Podcast, where I'm talking about books and ideas in books and how those ideas from books impact the day-to-day ministry of regular pastors. The book that I'm going to talk about today is one of my all-time favorite books. The book is titled Praying with Paul. The author is D.A. Carson. This book was published by Baker in 1992, and then it was republished in 2014. The book is 215 pages. There are about 10 pages of in matter uh, on the back side. There's a preface and an introduction, and then there's 12 chapters, and then at the end there is a short afterward. Let me tell you a little bit about the author, D.A. Carson, Donald Arthur Carson. He was born in 1946. He is an evangelical New Testament scholar, and currently he is a research professor and professor emeritus of New Testament at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois. Carson has a B.S., in chemistry from McGill University. He has a Master of Divinity from Central Baptist Seminary in Toronto, and he has a PhD in New Testament from Cambridge University. There's really no other way to say this. D.A. Carson is a big deal. He's a big dog, and he is a big-time New Testament scholar. He is a world-class theologian. He is well-respected as an academic and as a preacher, And he is, just to be blunt, he's a phenomenal writer. Carson is also the co-founder, the one-time president, and the now theologian at large of the Gospel Coalition. So let's talk about the book, Praying with Paul. Here's the big idea of the book. He says this towards the beginning, quote, I doubt if there is any Christian who has not sometimes found it difficult to pray, end quote, to which I say, amen. It is difficult to pray, and the aim of this book, as Carson has set forth, is to listen to how the Apostle Paul prayed, and then, this is his wording, to find strength and direction to improve our praying both for God's glory and for our good. He does not want our prayers to be formulaic, as if we just mimic Paul, but he does want our prayers to be filled with delight, and he wants us to learn from Paul in this spiritual discipline of prayer. So let me mention a few important ideas from the book. Uh, The first important idea is chapter 1. He's not getting to Paul yet in chapter 1. He's not looking at Paul's prayers yet. But he says in chapter 1 that we don't pray because we don't plan to pray. He says that we need to learn how to fight mental drift in our prayer lives. He says that prayer uh, is easier many times when you have a prayer partner of some kind. He says that we need to learn from others, but we need to be careful who we learn from. He says we need a system for maintaining our prayer requests and our prayer list. He says we need to, when at all possible, tie our requests to Scripture, not because that makes our prayer more powerful or it works like magic, but that it helps us focus on what we're actually praying for and how we're praying for it. He also says pastors 
You need to work at your public praying. Pastors have the responsibility to pray and to lead others in public prayer, and they need to work at that. It's not something that comes easy or natural for most of us. We've got to work at it. And then lastly, he says you need to pray until you pray. Just persevere and keep praying. So those are eight lessons that he sets out in chapter one, just not looking at Paul's prayers yet, just talking about about prayer generally. We don't pray because we don't plan to pray, number one. Number two, we got to learn to fight mental drift. Number three, we need a prayer partner. Four, learn from others, but be wise in who you learn from. Number five, have a system for what you're praying for. Number six, connect your prayers to Scripture. This book is helpful in that. Number seven, pastors work at your public praying. And number eight, pray, pray, pray. Keep praying until you pray. Another helpful chapter, not even looking at Paul's prayers, is what he calls a pause chapter in chapter seven. And he talks about the excuses that we make. Why don't we pray like we know we ought to pray? We says sometimes we're, we think we're too busy. Sometimes we feel too spiritually dry. Sometimes we feel no need to pray. We're just self-sufficient. Sometimes we're too bitter at God with how things have gone or not gone in our lives. Sometimes we're too ashamed with sin that we feel like we can't approach God. And sometimes we're just content with sort of spiritual mediocrity. All excuses that I've made, you've made, we've all made when it comes to why we don't pray. Now, the heart of this book isn't just Carson riffing on prayer, but the heart of this book is Carson looking at Paul praying, Paul's prayers recorded in the New Testament. And so I've picked two of these just to mention and uh, to say a quick word about. Uh, In an early chapter, I believe it's one of the very first chapters in the book, Carson talks about Paul's prayer in 2 Thessalonians 1, 1 to 12. And in that prayer, Paul is thanking God for the Thessalonians. It's fascinating. He's not thanking the Thessalonians for the Thessalonians, but he's thanking God for the Thessalonians. Carson makes the note that we tend to give thanks for material blessings. And he follows that up by just noting that the things that we give thanks for reveal what we value the most. And in the United States of America, in the Christian West, that is money, stuff, uh, possessions, uh, material blessings of some kind. Paul, on the other hand, is thanking God for the Thessalonians for three reasons. Number one, their faith is growing. Number two, their love is increasing. And number three, they're persevering under trial. That's what Paul valued most. It was not a material advancement in his own bottom line, but is to look at the churches that he planted and to see their faith in God deepening, to see their love for each other deepening, and to see them persevere even under difficult circumstances. So that's what Paul thanks God for when he thinks about and when he prays about the church in Thessalonica. Another very helpful chapter is chapter 8. In this chapter, Carson looks at Paul's prayer in Philippians 1, 9, 10, and 11. And Paul, in this passage, is praying for the church in Philippi. And Carson makes the note that most pastors don't pray for their church the way that Paul prayed for the church 
in Philippi, and he asked the question, why? Why don't pastors pray like this? He says one reason is the pastor's job today is diversified. It does not center on preaching the Word and praying, but the pastor does a million other things. Regular pastors know the, the tension of this. You have a lot of things to do, and so prayer oftentimes, unfortunately, gets squeezed out. Another reason pastors don't pray like Paul prayed for the church in Philippi is that pastors are confused about their identity and they don't value their own work. Maybe they don't even know what it is they're supposed to be doing as a pastor. Carson says that many pastors don't pray because they just feel unfruitful and they feel discouraged, and many of them just get too busy. But Paul prayed for his people. He prayed for the church in Philippi, and this is what he prayed. He said, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. He is praying for his church. Pastors ought to pray for their churches, and they ought to pray like Paul prayed for the church in Philippi. My favorite quote, if I had to just pick one, uh, comes from chapter 9. In chapter 9, Carson is wrestling with the tension that exists between the sovereignty of God and the personal nature of God, the fact that God is immutable, and yet he's also responsive to the prayers of his people. And Carson says this on page 125, quote, You can really hurt your head thinking about this sort of thing. The Bible insists that we pray, urges us to pray, gives us examples of prayer. Something has gone wrong in our reasoning if our reasoning leads us away from prayer. Something is amiss in our theology if our theology becomes a disincentive to pray. Carson is obviously a popular guy in what you could just call broadly reformed communities. And I think this is a good reminder for those of us who fall into the, the, the broadly reformed community, that our theology, our view of God, our high view of God, the, the concept of God being sovereign and immutable must never disincentivize us to pray. When it comes to ministry takeaway, I think this is the best book on prayer that I've ever read. It is not the most comprehensive book on prayer, but I do think it's the best. It's my favorite book on prayer. Pastors are called to the ministry of the Word and to prayer, and I think this is a wonderful help on the praying side of things for all believers, but especially for pastors. I have no critique, no criticism of this book. I think it's a great, great, great book. Uh, Goodreads gives it a 4.36. I give it a 5. If I could, I'd give it a solid 6 or a 7 or an 8 or however many Goodreads would let me give it. This is a great book. Pastors, I think you'll find encouragement here. I think this is a book that you ought to read, especially since you have the responsibility of praying for your people and actually leading your people in prayer week in and week out in Bible studies and in worship services. Beyond just people in ministry, beyond pastors, I think anybody who wants to learn how to pray would benefit from this book. D.A. Carson, Praying with Paul. Thanks for listening to the Regular Pastor Podcast. You can subscribe 
for weekly episodes wherever you're listening. You can follow Regular Pastor online at regularpastor.com. And you can find me on Goodreads by searching for Landon Coleman. If you've got a book recommendation or request, I would love to know it. Landon at EmmanuelOdessa.com. Until next week, this is The Regular Pastor. Out.